Welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne Highlander and Rob Johnson. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager, Bona Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson, East Coast Trainer for Bona. Well, Rob, appreciate you sitting in with me in another podcast. This podcast is going to be on subfloor prep. Um, hold on a second here. Uh, yeah. You know, we've done a few of these podcasts now, and I was told that, you know, I don't want it. It doesn't always have to be about the money, but I was told that I was supposed to get some money for this. Well, you know, we tried, Rob. Honest to God, we tried. And, uh, but after my share, there wasn't really enough to go around. I, 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 you know, I don't want you to know I went to bat for you, but it just, on the other hand, I know you're so passionate about wood floors, I didn't think you'd mind. I mean, you know. Yeah, okay. So just rent another Corvette, I guess, right? Or another lobster lunch for the corporate stooge. I get it. Well, don't don't think I – I got my eye on you, though. Does that help? I really see that you're really doing things. The warden is a-winking at me again. Nice. There you go. All right. So let's talk about – one of the most crucial steps in the installation process is subfloor prep. It's one of those things that everybody looks at as a necessary evil. Uh, if you get on a really huge job, sky, you know, skyscrapers and what have you, it's like, you know, a lot of times it's not in the plans. It's one of these things that, well, he did this, now you're supposed to do that, and they're pointing fingers at each other. And uh, a lot of times guys can't really see the whole subfloor. Uh, you know, there's carpet down or there's other things down. Uh, I, I, I had a rule when I was a contractor that I never broke, uh, and that rule is if, if my eye don't see it, I don't believe it. In other words, you ever been to a Santa refinished job, Rob, when the homeowner goes, oh, yeah, it's wall-to-wall carpet, but oh, the floors are in fantastic shape under the carpet. I always loved that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite ones. You don't even have to sand this. I, there's something else you could probably do. You know, Just buff it yeah. up and give it a little coat. You should be fine. Or, or how about, uh, it just needs a light sanding, as if yeah. there was such a thing. <laughs> I don't need a full sanding. Yeah. Just a light one. You yeah. know, just hit it quick. You, yeah. you know, it doesn't need a lot. Yeah. Do you want me to leave the tax trip, or, or are you going to? All right. I'm with that. Yeah. I've had a, I had a builder before told me on a 3,000-square-foot job that, you know, I forgot to tell you to do this room here, but it's only 120 square feet. You could do that in your sleep. You know, <laughs> can you just throw that one in? I actually can't do any of this in my sleep. So, lack of subfloor preparation outside of moisture problems is the number one factor that accounts for successes or failures of a wood floor installation. Uh, my uncle, I told you I learned a trade from my uncle. There's one thing that he used to tell me that I never forgot, and that's the bad thing about bad habits is that they work most of the time. You know, sometimes you'll get away with it. And I'll never forget, I, it was two guys that, you know, young guys, but really, you know, the type of guys that, you know, they're trying to do everything the best. They want to be successful. They want to be good at what at their job, what have you. And I went out to a job one time, and they did a beautiful install, uh, you know, around the fireplace hearth, nice designs and stuff and feature strip and real proud of their work, but they didn't take the time to flatten the subfloor. Uh, when I looked at the floor, they, they, you know, they called me in because, they go, you know, Wayne, what are we going to do now? The homeowner's complaining. So, you know, they may have gotten by with this on a lot, and they probably did get by with this on a lot of jobs, but on this particular one, they didn't take the time to flatten the subfloor. 
So, uh, you know, it wasn't three sixteenths in a 10-foot span. They brought out an inspector, and uh, the guys had to eat the job. So, you know, some kind of, sometimes it's it's an afterthought or it's not really put into the bid, and it, there's hidden surprises, what have you. In the, or sometimes the installer feels like, well, I'm really not getting paid enough to do prep, prep the subfloor. You know, what it does, it sets you up for a good install, right? I mean, you know, if you're fighting the subfloor, especially you guys get into a, a herringbone floor, a chevron pattern floor, and that floor's not flat, look out. I mean, you know, the, the pattern starts to walk on you, and uh, it, you just, it, then you're fighting it the whole job. You know, you know so this, is, this also falls in line with what we teach at the schools and, and what we talk about at our trainings is you have to charge for this stuff. You have to charge for this. You can't do this stuff cheap. I mean, you're really going to make your life easier, but you have to charge for that because if you get that sub floor perfect, the rest of the job is going to go easy. Or I'm not saying it's going to go easy, but you're laying a good foundation, and everything that goes on top of that foundation is going to be helpful. You know, it's just like getting that first coat. It's getting that first sealer coat right. You get that first sealer coat right, it just seems like all the other coats fall right in on top pretty good. But if you get that first sealer coat not so good, that's when you're fighting it the entire job. And I think the subfloor prep kind of is the is the same type of thing. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's, like you said, you got to charge for it. And, and I think if a guy feels like he's getting paid for the work he's doing, you know, some guys will resent it. Doing subfloor prep, they feel like, ah, I just, I'm not really getting all the time I'm putting into this. It, does it really show? And am I really getting paid for it? And I think, you know, it's one of those conversations that you have to have up front. We talk about, I know, Rob, you talk about customer expectations. Uh, I think this falls in line with that. Yeah, it's something that the customer has to know needs to be done, that it's just as important as the rest of the job. We're so many times like, you know, like we were saying, they just, oh, yeah, there's hard to do it under the carpet. Don't worry about it. Well, you know, it is our job to worry about it because in the end, you know, it's ours. It's really not theirs until they pay us. Yeah, and once you do it, you're married to it. So when we talk about subfloor prep, Rob, what, what, what kind of things are we talking about? You know, what, what kind of subfloor prep uh, issues would a guy run across? Well, especially where we're from, there's a lot of plywood. There's a lot of uh, OSB. Uh, one of the issues that we've seen lately is guys who are, you know, gluing the OSB to uh, the joists and having all sorts of movement in the subfloor, um, uneven subfloor. You know, so it's a lot of – I feel now there's more subfloor prep in the newer construction than there was in the old construction. Yeah, that's one thing I, I found when I, you know, when I first started doing floors uh, – you know, you're young and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're taking what jobs come to you. You're excited to get the opportunity to get on these jobs and what have you. And it seems like after I built a reputation and became more, um, you know, I guess accomplished in, in the business, I could kind of pick and choose my jobs more. And uh, as I got into more, um, you know, um, higher paid jobs, I guess I'll say, more high-end jobs, the less we really had to deal with subfloor prep, it seems like. Seems like guys that are kind of starting out, or you're doing those those jobs, or like middle of the road jobs, or what have you, apartment building. Sometimes it just seems like there's a lot of subfloor prep involved. Uh, and I learned early on, you got like you said, you got to charge for it. Um, 
Because it just it can make your job miserable along the way if you're not if you're not taking care of that to begin with. It's like a house with a bad foundation. It's something too that you have to look at when you're doing an estimate. You know, if there, if you are going to install a floor, and like you said, if I can't see it, it's not there. Or how, I forget what the hell you said before, but that's got to be part of the estimate. Is really getting a good look at all the prep that you're going to need to do for that. Too many of us are just kind of thinking, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to install, we're going to do this, we're going to, you know, lay it out. But we're not thinking, we're just assuming sometimes that the subfloor is going to be in great shape, and then you end up with some nightmares there. So it's definitely something that during the estimate, you really have to look at it and talk to the homeowner about it. You know, you bring up a, it actually would be a good topic too for a podcast is the actual, uh, estimating because a lot of times the estimator is a, is a sales guy, you know, or, <laughs> or someone that's, you know, he's not a floor right. guy. And what, what the floor guy, what his eye catches can be automatic. And where a guy is coming in, maybe he's got six ex- estimates that day and he's got to get to it. It doesn't necessarily take the time. I don't, don't get me wrong. There's some great sales guys that are great estimators too. Uh, there's probably some bad sales guys that are great estimators as well, but, but, uh, you know, the floor guy can really catch something. But I tell you about my uncle. My uncle, uh, you know, he said that in time you develop what he calls a floor man's foot. And when he'd be estimating a job, he's walking around talking to the homeowner. She's talking about colors, you know, what kind of floor, what have you. But as he's walking around with his, feet he's filling the subfloors he's walking around he's filling every little undulation in that floor and every little dip or high spot that might need to be grinded he's just taking notes as he's going along and he told me wayne he said that's what we call a floor man's foot and in time you too will develop a floor man's foot i don't know if i'm ever going to be that good but but he's a point to his story is that you you have to observe these things on the front end of the job so you don't have to deal with them on the back end of the job so you know, we talk about, you know, doing subfloor prep. You know, we know the NWFA guidelines is three sixteenths and a 10-foot span for concrete and a quarter inch for wood subfloors, right? So using a straight edge, a string, or I, I talked about some new technology. The, uh, now, I, I'm a really big fan of the Boss GSL2. Uh, it does a fantastic job of finding high spots and low spots. You really you like know, that Bosch GSL2, don't you? I'm a tool guy, man, and uh, that that one – that one grabbed my attention. I mean, there's got some going on with Bosch that Bona doesn't know about. You know, we're not supposed to do that. When we work for Bona, it's Bona exclusively. I mean, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't think anybody's listening to this, but you you don't have a separate thing going on with Bosch now, do you? Uh, any you time really are pushing word. that GSL too. <laughs> what is it again? The Bosch GSL two. <laughs> okay. No, it's really it's really a pretty cool tool. My brother's got a couple of them, and I got a chance to watch it in action. So, well, you um, working for Bosch? Did you get your brother a deal on that? I mean, you know, being an employee of Bosch and Bona. No, but I, I'm going to uh, have these guys listen to the podcast, and I'm sure that uh, they'll 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 give me one to demo on jobs for them. You do you mean the good people at Bosch? Yes. And the GSL too. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. Okay, so one of the one of the questions that comes along a lot is, uh, do we need to braid the slab? Do we need to braid the wood subfloor? Um, we, you know, we talk about best practices at your school, Rob, and uh, my answer to that is, yes, I think it's a good idea that we always braid the slab. Um, 
And I, I think a good analogy and a good way to show yourself why this is important. If you take a piece of maple flooring, uh, just an unfinished maple, pull it out of a, you know, if it's a two and quarter, two quarter and three, two quarter by three and a quarter strip flooring, pull a board out, sand half of the board with 60 grit sandpaper, and don't sand the other half. Take some water, dip your, your water in a, in a, in a cup of water, and, and sprinkle it on the, on the board. And watch how easily it wets out on the area that you sanded, and look at how it beads up on the other side and it stays that way. It tells you it's not really integrating into the subfloor as much as it could have, right? So you know, that was I one think, of the saddest days of my life. That was definitely one of the saddest days of my life. We were all in New Jersey, I don't know, about 20 bonus sales guys and everything. And Dave Darsh got up, and he sanded that maple, and he put the drop of wood on one side and the drop of wood on the other. And all of you guys were oohing and on like, he had invented fire, and I really thought, I'm, I'm worried about these guys. I'm really concerned about these guys because you guys were just flipping over that for like 15, 20 minutes. Now I, now you got it into the podcast, too, and I know that they're showing it at the schools and everything. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just not getting that whole drop of water on the wood thing and it's soaking in or whatever, but more power. Four to generations. Me. Yeah. Four, gen- four generations, and you haven't figured out that water droplet on the – uh, on the, like on just having figured out the the tears that it brings, the tears of joy that it brings to people. I can hear it in your voice when you're talking about that drop of water. But yes, I, I don't I don't mean to you know bust this up. Let's keep going, please. Please tell okay. me more about the drop of water. All right, so I'll uh, I'll fill you in later, and I'll I'll, I'll go slow. <laughs> What drop of water can do something else on a, on a concrete slab? What, what will it do for you on a concrete slab, Rob, that drop of water, a single drop of water on a concrete slab? Concrete slab or a drop of water is going to mess up my installation, Wayne. Okay. That's a swing and a miss. So one thing, one thing you, you can do on a concrete slab if you're worried that, you know, my slab might have a sealer on there. Or my slab might be polished so smooth that, you know, it's not going to really grab the adhesive. You can take a, a drop of water and pour it on the slab or a few drops here and there. If, it, if within a minute it doesn't integrate or wet out into the slab, there's probably a pretty good chance you've got a sealer on there. In which case, you want to abrade that slab. Um, there's a few ways of doing that. A lot of guys use double-sided sandpaper. I, I personally used to use 12-grit sandpaper, double-sided sandy disc. And really put a scratch into that floor, uh, so you get a good bond, and uh, you any sealers on any overspray. And I've been on jobs before where, you know, guys are installing the floor. There's at the same time they're installing. There's like dust on the floor. You know, they're they're traveling through the dust, and there's uh, there's maybe there's paint overspray on the floor, or stain overspray, or, or maybe the painter had the doors out where he was, you know, spraying all the doors uh, over, over top of the slab, like it didn't matter, and then. Uh, you know, that's yeah, a bond there's sometimes break. where the painters, it almost looks like they painted the subfloor on purpose. Yeah. So what we're trying to do on the subfloor prep, we're trying to get rid of bond breakers, right? Stuff that's not going to allow uh, an adhesive to, to, to bond to the floor, which is overspray, paint, dirt, sealers. I like that. Kind of, I'm, you know what? I like that so much I'm writing it down. Okay. I like that. Bond breakers. Say that again. 
Here you go. Say it. <laughs> uh, Please say it for me. Bond breakers. How's that? All nice. right. Bond finally, breakers. finally got through to you. I won that you, bet. You know what? Yeah, yeah. This is going into hour four. You did. You got to me. Bond All breakers. Right. I've got one thing that I can use in the school from you now. I nice. appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I could do a guest appearance at your school from time well, to time. Just let me know. Uh, you know, that, you're yeah. going to take the last thing I have. You want that, too. <laughs> but I have one thing left, and you're going to take that. Oh, yeah. I guess corporate, that's what you can do. That's what right, the executive, well, that's executive power, I guess. Listen, there's no, you're, you're, you're safe as can be, Rob, as long as you We would love to have you at a school. You know that. Yeah. All right. Good deal. Okay. So, uh, grinding the slab. I, I, it's important. It's part of the prep. Uh, we talk about best practices. I would tell you that no matter what manufacturer I work for, I think it's a great, uh, great practice to, uh, to braid the slab or braid the, uh, uh bond the, breakers. Uh, Get those bond breakers. breakers out of there. Yep. With subfloors too. We know Advantech has like a wax type substance over top of it, right? So uh, I think for optimum Another bonding. Another bond breaker. Yep. Uh, and uh, I think to get that optimum bonding on top of that, you need to braid it. Uh, you know, even plywood. Sometimes it's got grounded dirt or contaminants or what have you. What it, what it does for me too, Rob, this is the time that I'm really studying every square inch of that subfloor. If I got a buffer on a subfloor, I'm I'm now I'm I'm tuned into that subfloor. I'm checking every every you know I get out my straight edge. I'll look and I'll maybe string line, and uh, uh, I don't know maybe a Bosch GS, GSL2 uh, and uh, check it for flat. So very important. Like we said, it's like like building a house. If the, if the foundation isn't right, uh, you know uh, you're 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 not in good shape. So we talk about repercussions for not doing a good subfloor prep. Um, moisture issues down the road, right? I mean, you know, we make the 540 now. It's a sealer. Uh, you know, we talked earlier in the podcast about doing a moisture test on slab, but, you know, that's part of the subfloor prep. Hollow spots. If you got high spots in the floor or low spots, you want to make sure that you get that, that, that slab intolerance. Um, any overspray leads to contaminants, which leads there again. There, what are they, Rob? You know, Wayne. What I like to call them is bond breakers. I like it. All right. So I, I guess in conclusion, Rob, I you know I'll go back to what we started this podcast with. Uh, you know, outside of moisture issues, the number one factor for that accounts for the success or failure of an installation is not doing proper subfloor prep. You got to charge for it. Uh, we talk about best practice. I know in school you talk about pre you preach best practices all the time. And if you look at the repercussions of, of uh, not doing the subfloor prep, you know the, the social media thing, the, the you know obviously the financial, the, your reputation, your schedule. Um, you know it's just a whole lot of things can go south. So uh, I just think it was important enough, and uh, certainly braiding the slab and uh, doing your moisture test. We didn't talk about moisture tests in the subfloor prep, which because we talked about it in another podcast, but certainly part of the, the prep as far as I'm concerned. And so uh, this has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne Highlander, Rob Johnson. Please stay tuned for another episode.